0: for sunday october 22nd 2023 welcome to the podcast um it's been a while it has been a while the last time i was on the air with you all i'm looking back it's september 24th this is the longest i think i've gone i think that may not be true if i took a break like earlier but uh it feels it certainly feels that way um a lot has happened in the world since I was last with you, dear listeners, uh, if this is your first time, welcome, and uh, longtime listeners, welcome back. Uh, where do we even start? <laughs> I was thinking about this before <clears throat> hopping on mic, and I feel like you know, the crisis in Israel and Palestine, the conflict between Hamas and Israel and the chaos that's unfolding in that part of the world you know that hadn't happened yet uh i think kevin mccarthy was still the speaker of the house back in september if my facts are correct uh the commanders might even have been undefeated still uh dianne feinstein was still alive i mean a lot has happened so i where to start i guess just the first place is um it's if you've been watching the news uh if you listen to the news, maybe you're spared. If you're watching it and you see the images, uh, it's obviously heartbreaking. It's always devastating. I mean, war, as my wife likes to say, war is hell. So whenever this stuff breaks out and it's also constantly going on, right? We are, uh, territorial primates. And, uh, I know the conflict in the middle East and the, you know, claim to the Holy land has been an ongoing thing, but, um, Well, let me contextualize it this way. When I was actually out of town, quote unquote, on vacation, I was doing the final leg of the IFS, excuse me, level one training. If you're not familiar, IFS stands for internal family systems. It's a method of psychotherapy. And when I go out of town or when I, when I'm on vacation, I like to give myself a break from the news. So even at the beginning of the training, Uh, the lead trainer was, you know, we're like starting day one on, on Monday morning, like morning meditation and just naming like, Oh, the crisis in the Middle East. And I didn't think twice about it because I'm just like, well, isn't there always a crisis in the Middle East? So I I didn't think about it. (sighs) I didn't realize how heavy it was when I got back and I'm talking to my parents, they were traveling. Um, they had just gotten back, back into the United States and I was talking to them and I was, I remember telling my dad. Like is isn't this just like you know they pause and then they unpause and then they pause and then they unpause, and i had I still had no idea about the catastrophe, and he was like, no that robin this is this is different, and uh you know, I don't even know like now the the data if are they saying proportionally to the population of Israel, it's like fifteen nine elevens essentially like the way he said it was like this is their nine eleven and I was like, oh oh, and I started to consume the news and by that time I had been so far behind the news cycle that everyone's like summary and analysis, I was just like, what even happened still? Like we're talking about this as if we all know what's going on, which is fair enough. But I had to literally go back to Saturday's news programming uh, on the 7th to really have an understanding and appreciation of what was going on. And um, I'd actually like to get my buddy Aaron on the show to talk about it since he's probably uh, in my network, uh, he's probably got some of the most informed, uh, perspectives on the matter since he literally, you know, worked for Americans for peace now, uh, which is a organization that is directly connected to the, the Israeli Palestinian relations. Um, well for a two, basically for a two state solution. Uh, and he he and his wife uh, li- lived over in Israel. Um, he studied this stuff, so I, I just want to get him on the program. And um, yeah, I, I talked to him uh, about like how he processed all this stuff. And yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just better to get him on and have him. He'll have him tell you directly, dear listeners. Um, yeah. So I mean, you know, there's there's obviously the the crisis going on in Gaza right now and you know really like there's um there's essentially war crimes right like the you know every I think everyone can agree and I don't and I will be the first to admit that I I know next to nothing about this I'm I'm terribly uh ignorant when it comes to foreign affairs let alone history <laughs> unfortunately I need to watch/read slash documentaries and books on this stuff cuz I didn't I fucked off in high school um yeah what was i saying uh i think everyone agrees that like israel has a right to defend itself of course uh and the the take is that they can't these are two different approaches to combat hamas is using innocent civilians as a shield uh so the the values and the morals uh the value of innocent life is just different. Um, <clears throat> you can't equate them between Hamas and the Israelis. And yet the retaliation uh, or the, you know, the, what does it look like to defend oneself? And the, I, I don't even know at this point, at the time you might be listening to this, maybe ground invasion has already happened. um, But there's, Uh, what am I even trying to say here? There's innocent life being lost. And, um, so that's the kind of like the balance is like, okay, yeah, when you get attacked, you need to be able to defend yourself. And yet the process of defending yourself, um, you know, trying to prevent future harm to your own citizens, your innocent citizens, the process of that ends up killing innocents you know and the u s is no stranger to this this happens we we go after the bad guys and end up you know killing innocents, so it means just war is hell, war is fucking hell and i uh i I may there be more healing in this world and you know for the longest time, the show has put up links for supporting the people of ukraine um My focus is like on the kids uh, the the in- again the the most vulnerable. So if you want to give, uh, I'm asking that you give to UNICEF. I mean, there are children in crisis all around the world, not just in Gaza or Israel, uh, not just in Palestine. Uh, hang on a second. Not just in Ukraine. Um, what was I going to say here? yeah so we'll put the we'll put the link up to give to children in crisis also speaking of giving um thank you thanks to everyone uh this is the season if you're a long-time listener you know i i raise i i've been off for all of october usually october is the month when i raise uh, funds for light the night um and Yeah, that is, that the walk was last night. I unfortunately didn't uh, make it to the walk, but um, I think I might have broken a personal record for fundraising, which is great. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Light the Night is for people who, it's the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, um, and they they walk every year and hold lanterns to bring light to the darkness, um, you know, offering hope. And connection instead of being you know separated and lonely and uh, raising funds for life-saving research uh, actually Chris Zavodowski is the team that I walk with and uh, had him on the show last year. You can go listen to that episode. He's a great guy and really good at his in his role of raising money but I wanted to excuse me I wanted to shout out <coughs> excuse me I wanted to shout out uh, folks who donated. To my fundraiser, especially uh Donna and Ken Smith, um Nick's dad. Uh that's I want to quote his real name, but that's how he put it how <laughs> that's how he put it when he donated. Nick's dad, uh Molly Scanlon, uh, and my parents, uh Brandon and Karen Smith. So thank you. Special thanks to those who donated. Um, and by also, if you know, if you haven't do- if you haven't given, the link will be in the show notes for. This episode and you know fundraising is really year-round this is just like the awareness month and um, it's never too late to give um, I I joined Light the Night because of a connection with a fellow um, Sherwood High School alumni who lost his life Mark Gold I'm talking about uh, to blood cancer when he was in his 20s um, and excuse me i should really get a cough button there's i i uh what was i saying i'm this is these these evening ones are always hard it's 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 late at night not too late but it feels late for an old man like me when you have gone to church and you have grocery shopped and you have mowed the lawn and you have run around with your kiddos it's bedtime it's bedtime but it's not really um anyway um thank you for those who gave uh like the night is good cause that's the in synopsis in short uh give what you can um and i also wanted to talk about uh yeah the 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 training the internal i mean ifs has you know if you're a long time listener you've heard me it's changed my life and um the the training is it's like a week of uh intensive group therapy so you are in you're like breaking out like what the training looks like is you are in a large group uh like the all the participants and all the and the lead trainers and the program assistants there's a big group and you can obviously you share your experiences about what you're what you're processing and what you're noticing in in working on yourself and essentially we're talking about healing wounds um so in the training you have the opportunity to be you know The practitioner, like the therapist, but then you're, you're also role playing as the client. And when I say role playing, I don't mean like pretending to be someone else. I mean, you are, you are in the client mode. So the stuff that's being worked with is your own real stuff. And then the triadic work is there's like also an observer. So you break out into these small groups and practice therapy And so it's a lot, I mean, every day you're practicing and then there's the large group. Like I just said, all the participants are in one room and then you can even have a a demonstration where, you know, you put your name in the bucket or the, you know, put your name in the hat and then they call you and it's like, okay, so-and-so you're up. And like, now you sit in front of the whole group while one of the trainers basically does therapy on you. So it's, um, you know, I guess group therapy is much more like everyone gets to participate and there is that element of it, but the demonstration is like, okay, You are basically doing a one on one therapy session with like 50 people watching you, right? And there's that, (coughs) excuse me, that level of, in IFS, the term is self energy. Um, Other traditions call it uh, prana or chi, but there's basically a life force, um, a source energy that's channeled through human beings and you can tell what it's like if you're in a room full of people who are agitated, like say you're in the terminal of an airport and the flight's been canceled three times and you're just like there, you you can tell when you go around people and there's like, there's either an exhausted energy or there's an agitated people are like, I fucking did this, blah, 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 blah. So when you're in a room full of therapists or practitioners and they're all just open hearted and feeling love and connectedness and empathy it really helps unfold like healing can happen at a much quicker and more effective pace and that's you know it's a unique experience it's nothing like what you get when you just meet with your therapist one-on-one um, so it's quite a unique experience and yeah i just i i loved it and i mean these trainings i feel like they're well i've i'm sure i've quoted this on the show before but there's like Uh, 8,000 plus people waiting to get in uh, on level one, like people who were in the training, they're like, I've been waiting three years to get into this training, you know? So it was surreal to finally be in the training and to, you know, there's just a bottleneck because level one is like the entry level, you know? Um, But anyway, I finished the training and it was in New York city. I don't think I mentioned that, or maybe I did, but I brought my family with me. So that was nice to have uh, Kelly and the girls there they got to unfortunately they didn't get make it to the the UN or the uh the statue of liberty but they did go to um the plaza hotel which is a um it's a uh in the book Eloise it's it's i guess that's the setting where this little girl named Eloise is like running around tearing it up in the hotel uh and So it's like an actual place where my my family got to go visit. And especially my oldest daughter, she was all about it. She brought her book, the Eloise book, and dressed up like Eloise. It was really cute. Um, But yeah, it was the the girl's first time in the city. And, you know, I mean, we're in the D.C. area. So to be around, like, big high-rises in the hotel room, we were on, like, the 18th floor. So it was really cool for them. Uh, We got to see Aladdin on Broadway, which was lovely, you know. Um, So... Yeah, just uh, an overall good time. Um okay. So I just wanna I, I wanna take the time to promote the show. I wanna hear from you all listeners if you have a suggestion for a guest or a topic to cover, um, or if you have a question, you can write into the show at robinsmithshow at gmail dot com. Again, RobinsMithshow at gmail dot com. Or you can leave a voicemail on the show's hotline or text uh three zero one four five eight oh eight eight three And actually coming up on the show, uh, Jason Cohen, uh, the man behind Collapser. So some of the past several episodes, I've been playing his music from his new project, Collapser. And uh, he's going to come on the show. I'm going to interview him this coming Wednesday. Um, Although I might not release the show for a couple Sundays because I do the Halloween Spectacular. I'm so behind. I haven't been on air for four weeks and haven't had a guest in a long time my booker my the part of me that books guests has been slacking off and um yeah every year around this time i have the halloween spectacular and that's always fun but i don't have plans for that so i don't know i guess stay tuned stay tuned um yeah by the way speaking of halloween are you all? i mean this is the time of year uh have you all gone on for listeners in the u.s anyway have you gone on hay rides and gotten your pumpkins and all that stuff I, I, we we still haven't done that yet. usually we're good about that by this time of year um but you know gotta get more Halloween stuff. I'm getting uh lawn envy from my neighbors all the all this cool creepy stuff um we got a pumpkin wreath <laughs> actually there's one neighbor has uh the by the mailbox there's this stuff uh it's like garden of little miniatures of all these little Halloween things. It's really cool. Um, I remember actually my buddy, uh, Will McHenry, he, uh, his house when we were growing up, I was not in his neighborhood, but I remember his house in his neighborhood was like the house to go to. And I've kind of always aspired. I was like, ah, one day I, w- I want to be the house everyone goes to, but we're all, we're so deep in the neighborhood that it's just not worth it for kids to walk all the way down to where we are. So it's a pretty big neighborhood, but like, I don't know. I remember the first year we were here, we got like three trick-or-treaters, but if you build it, they will come. You know, if we like make a spooky woods thing and the trail, I feel like, you know, this is all ambition and, um, just talk right now, but like, I feel like if you build it, they come, you know? Um, but anyway, back to, so, so Will, I remember, uh, his parents, his house was the house. And, uh, I remember one year, um, what he, what he does is, and I probably told this story on the show before, but What he does is uh, takes chicken, his parents take chicken wire and they have, uh, you know, these statues basically like scarecrow, like life-size people. They dress them up and they put them clothes on and and masks and hats and, and they put garbage bags over the feet so that you can't tell, is it a person or not? So they make it really good because then they have all these Confederates, these fakes. And then also you as a real person an actor get to stand there like a statue Along the walkway that all those trick-or-treaters have to go on if they want to get some candy or ring the doorbell. And so you're just there. And I remember one year Will was like, Do you want to do it? Do you want to be one of the I was like, Hell yeah. And I so I just like I, I I enjoyed just having this mask on and just like being a frozen statue and watching these kids, these kids who have been socialized, who know, like, oh, this is the house, or the parents are like, Oh, this is the house. These moms are like protecting their little kids as they walk down the path. They're like, please don't traumatize my child. And, uh, and then you're just like some of the older kids, they know they're like, are you, are you it? Are you it? And they like poke you or whatever. Um, God damn, so much fun. Um, (coughs) anyway, Ramble McRamble fest. Um, yeah, I want (laughs) to, for local listeners, you may be, you may or may not know, does the name Ray Suarez mean anything to you? Do you know who Ray Suarez is? Um, if you're in the DC area, uh, Ray Suarez used to be on the PBS news hour. And so he has the voice of a broadcaster and he also happens to go to the church my family goes to, and I just could not help myself but commenting on when it's time as an Episcopalian, as a Christian, when you take uh, in the worship services, there's the there's communion where you you eat the the uh, spiritual food, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven, and the blood of Christ, which is some wine, the cup of salvation the blood of Christ shed for you. But when you go and you get, you drink the wine and it's Ray Suarez holding the chalice. And he's just like the blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. I'm Ray Suarez. We'll be right back. Like his voice is just, it was, I like had to, <laughs> I, I I had this like moment when I, when I had, when I took communion and I was with him and I was like, I have to talk about this on the show. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a special thing. Um, by which I mean, I'm special. Um, okay. All right. What else do we have here? What else do we have here? I, uh, it, we're 20 minutes into the show. I'm not going to, uh, share any music. Cause like I said, it's late. Um, I did want to ask you all if you have heard of ants that make other ants slaves. Have you heard of this? Did you know that that's what ants do? There's something called slave ants. I don't can't remember how I found out about this, but if you don't know, um, slave making ants uh, or slaver ants, I just thought this was so cool. Are brood parasites? They they these ants go capture broods of other ant species. They they abduct the babies. They go into other ant colonies. They steal their children. Okay so that they can increase their own workforce in their colony. So the babies get, you know, their other... Maybe they steal the eggs. I don't know. But they like they take the young of the other ants, and then they raise them in their colony. It's like, yeah, you got to work for us now. After emerging in the slave maker nest, the slave workers work as if they were in their own colony, while parasite workers only concentrate on replenishing the labor force from neighboring host nests. A process called slave raiding. Good God. I mean it's interesting answer. I was never one of those kids where it's like, I have an ant farm, you know? Um, I am kind of making fun of those kids, but at the same time, I'm part of me is nerding out and like, yeah, no, it's true. They're impressive and they're interesting and they're cool. And also a, uh, this is a nice time for a shout out to a friend of mine. Ant, wait, does Anthony acres, Sean, does Sean Cottrell, my friend, Sean Cottrell still have that Instagram handle. Um, Speaking of kids at heart who nerd out on ants. Hold on. Let me just see here. Anthony acres. Do we have it No, Maybe he doesn't have it anymore. I don't know. This is what ADHD looks like friends. Um, so, so I, before we go here, what I, what I really wanted to talk to you all about was, um, the raccoon sighting. No, not the raccoon sighting. Um, uh, what was it? Oh, okay. Tell me what you think about this. Uh, if the spirit world is, if it's true that we all reincarnate, if it's true that we were, a we we were an awareness before we were babies. Okay, just go with me on this for a second. And uh, when we die in this body, in this vessel, this experience, this life, when we die, we go to the afterlife. Um. And if the afterlife, the spirit world, is the same place that you go to when you sleep and dream and the same place that you go to in your imagination, the same place that you go to uh, through psychedelic experiences, holotropic breathing, fasting, kind of whenever your brain hallucinates, essentially entering into a different shift at a different um, wavelength, a different state of mind. If the spirit world is all that same thing, I was thinking how babies need a lot of sleep and old people need a lot of sleep. So in the beginning of a life, you're basically phasing in and out of the spirit world and the earth plane. Um, babies need lots of naps, so they're constantly phasing in and out of that spirit world and this world. And then old people, as they die, as they you know, for, for people who don't just like suddenly die in their 40s or whatever, uh, they also old people need a lot of naps. And so maybe the body is phasing in and out gracefully and gradually to transition between the earth plane, this world, and the spirit world. Is that my making sense? Like it's kind of bookended with lots of naps on both sides. I mean, people make the you know people joke about kids and old people. What's that Jerry Seinfeld skit where he's like, you know, when you're little, like your your family invites all your uh, friends to the birthday party, these are all your friends, you know, like, that's what you say to the old people, too, because they're like, they don't, they're disoriented, they don't know who they are, they don't, you know, but I'm just, that's my point, I'm just saying with sleep, um, I don't know, am I making any sense, I, I how can you do this, how can you, thank you for listening, and how can you listen, you must be, uh, this is the part where he shits, Robin, is he shitting on his audience again, I'm not trying to shit on you. I'm just trying to say I can't understand if I'm followable. This is the difference between being in a bunker on a mic and being live in front of people. You know what I mean? Um, all right, that's the show. What a show. These these things... I'm not even under the influence of any substances. I have nothing to do. No excuses here. Uh, it's just late. These shows always go, in my opinion anyway, better in the morning. Or I really like to do these shows when I'm... Um, during the daytime hours nowadays, unless, unless, unless I'm on a group call, it's group guests and we're all drinking. Then that's, that's a different story. That's lots of fun. Maybe that's how the hol- uh, the Halloween spectacular will go. I don't know. Stay tuned. Um, thanks for listening. And again, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I've been away for so long. Uh, this was not the plan, it's just a New York trip and things keep, things keep popping up. Um, I, I it's a I used to be better at this. I really are better about this. I would, even if I didn't get on mic, I would be like doing something and be like, Oh, let me just bring my AirPods and I will record the show while I'm driving. You know? Um, I haven't been as good about that this, uh, season this year. So my apologies. Okay. Now that my guilty part is done confessing and, uh, let's go back to just may, May the people affected by all the crises be protected and be safe. May the hostages be released as soon as possible. You know, thoughts and prayers, right? Um, I, I used to think thoughts and prayers were a bunch of bullshit and I don't think that anymore. Um, yeah there's more to say i my free my my open mind freely associates to like gun violence and people complaining about thoughts and prayers don't do anything and I'm like that's you know that's a fair perspective to take, but um yeah, thoughts and prayers or give and um yeah hopefully we can bring <sighs> hopefully we can bring peace to the conflicts. Uh, until then, um, let's not spew, skew into world war three. Um, gosh, this is a dark place to end, huh? Let's, is there anything, can we, can we, can we, uh, end on a positive note? How about this? All right. Let's end with the raccoon sighting. Okay. I did talk about, it. I'm going to post pics on Instagram. Uh, a raccoon came into our our backyard and i forgot to burn you know on the grill when you grill stuff you're supposed to burn the stuff off so that wildlife doesn't come over and well i forgot to do that and the raccoon doesn't matter if i close the gates the raccoon can climb over the fence and jump over the deck and take a shit on my deck and spill the fat trap from the grill all over and like lick it up and then leave his or her raccoon paw prints so i saw these I saw these paw prints, and I was like, is this a fox? What? I thought it was a fox. Turns out it's a raccoon, because my daughter sighted the raccoon, or she she spotted the raccoon, and I watched this fucker, and I saw how, let's just assume it's a he, got over the fence. You know, it doesn't matter if there's a fence or not. This raccoon can come up, so you got to burn. my. The lesson of the story, the, lesson of, the moral of the story here is, folks, burn the meat, burn the meat, or else... The bears will come. All right, that's the podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, again, not too late to donate. We'll have uh for light the night. Links are, will be in the show notes as well as uh, UNICEF. Take care of yourselves. Um, and yeah, stay tuned for next week. Hopefully, it's the Halloween spectacular, and then followed by Jason Cohen um of Collapser. Um uh, love you all. Okay, bye. The Robin Smith show is produced by me, Robin Smith. Executive produced by Robin and Kelly Glenn Smith at Team Robley. Theme song by The Very Small. The show is engineered by one of my alters, Games Nabisco. Listeners can get in touch by calling or texting the hotline at 301-458-0883. Messages can be sent to robinsmithshow at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Disclaimer. This podcast is for general information purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, psychotherapy, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. Note, no therapist-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information is at the listener's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment. Listeners should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they have, and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.